All right, welcome to episode 10 of the Savant Podcast. So we made it to 10 episodes, so if you're still with us, thank you for taking the time listening to us every week. And if you're just joining, welcome. So if you haven't already and you like what you're hearing so far, uh, press follow button on Spotify or subscribe on Apple Music. Uh, We're also available on Google Podcasts if you don't have Spotify or Apple Music. Uh, but issue episode 10, uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think it's dope how we made it uh, this far with 10 episodes. We planned this months ago. So to see this at, you know, where it's at right now, it's just dope. And I'm happy that, you know, we got this podcast going. And I'm looking forward to seeing what we do next season. Because I already know big things are coming. Yeah, and it's it's super cool. Like 10, now that we're at double digits. But it's like, obviously... They say, like, when you do a podcast, like, wait till you get to 100. So, obviously, it's not the biggest deal in the world, but obviously starting a few months ago, and it's been pretty much 10, 11 weeks, I guess you'd say. So, pretty crazy. Um, but moving on, so, to the episode. So, you just got a PS5 a few days ago. Yeah, I, yeah, I was excited to, to get my console and have it come in the mail uh, on, I believe, Cyber Monday is when it came through FedEx. Mm-hmm. Um, soon as I unboxed it, I was uh, doing some uh, virtual schoolwork because, you know, the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I didn't even finish the class. I just took the time to unbox my console, get the controller. The controller feels nice. One thing I'll say about the consoles is it's very heavy. Um, I don't know if the digital edition is any lighter than the, heavy, uh, than the disc uh, regular version, but it's heavy as hell. And I had a hard time setting it up with the whole screw. I feel like they, you know, Sony could have did a, a simpler job and kind of made it similar to, to the PlayStation 4. But, you know, I understand, you know, you want to make, you know, something new and innovate and you want to do something different. The Xbox probably is, uh, the Xbox Series X and Series S are definitely lighter than this. But I'm, I'm, I'm excited with the console and I'm, I'm looking forward to the games that they drop. I've been playing uh, Cold War for the last day. And I'm looking forward to Cyberpunk 2077 dropping in like seven days. So, yeah, this console's the real deal. Yeah, that's, that's dope. And I think they just announced they're dropping a Pro version as well. Yeah. I think today. Yeah. I wonder if that will be even bigger because it's the Pro version. <laughs> yeah. But, but that would be funny. But, uh, but yeah, so you just got uh, Cold War. Uh, have you played the Zombies yet on that? Yeah, that's the number one mode I've been playing with Call mm-hmm. of Duty. It's, it's, it's fun as hell. Um, The controller actually has this uh, adaptive uh, triggers feature where each gun shoots differently and the triggers stops to a certain point and you actually have to force the trigger down for it to shoot. So it's not difficult, but each gun feels like if you actually had the gun in your hand. So with a sniper yeah. rifle, it would, you know, be harder to push down. And then once you push it down, it goes down and it flips back up. With a machine gun or a submachine gun in Cold War, when you shoot it, it just, it has this vibration feature with the adaptive triggers. When you shoot, it's just shoots as if you actually had the gun so that was uh dope for me the map in cold war is pretty good because it gives you enough space but it's not too spaced out where it's you know a lot of places to go it's like compact so that's good mm. and not to spoil anything but i also like the the fact that in cold war you get to go to three different dimensions on the same map so you'll have green version of the map or uh, it'll be a lot of uh these weird dog creatures coming at you and then once you shoot them they blow up there's this purple dimension where you kill those zombies it's like they float in the air 
So it, it's just been amazing playing that. Um, I'm working a little bit more on multiplayer to, you know, get better at that because, you know, I'm so used to Modern Warfare and that's the game I've been playing as far as, you know, a Call of Duty game. But it's definitely a different game from Modern Warfare, but I'm, you know, definitely getting used to using a sniper rifle in Call of Duty Cold War. But so far, I'm, I'm decent at it. I'm, I'm already at level 12, I believe. I guess I'll just see how, how it goes from, from there. Yeah, I know. My, some of my friends, they just copped the the Xbox... Um... The Xbox S, I Series S, I believe, and they just been playing Cold War nonstop. I think they just got 2K as well, and 2K looks unreal on next gen. I want to get that so bad, but uh, but yeah, Cold War looks good as well. But yeah, so obviously we're gonna have an episode breaking down kind of PS5, and we'll do that kind of towards the Christmas break uh, when both of us are off school, and we can totally break that down in a full hour. But uh, so let's move on. So we're gonna talk some music. So Spotify, they just released their rap 2020 and Apple Music just released their Apple Music replay. So we're going to break that down. So I just downloaded Spotify in June or July. So obviously there wasn't, and I was obviously splitting Apple Music this whole time. So obviously a split in, you know, minutes played, I guess you could say, because I remember when I posted, I think I had 5,000 listens on Spotify and some people I know had like 30,000 or like 35,000 plus. And then on the other hand, on the Apple Music replay, they just show the number of plays your song has. And like my top songs, I believe it's like 50 or 40. But let's break down my top five artists on Spotify. So this year, obviously number one, Jay-Z. Uh, it's no surprise. I believe I was in top 2%. Uh, and I'm sure me issue... Uh, Random Newspaper and Arison were all in the top 2% after doing the uh, discography review. Yeah, that was no surprise because I, yeah, I downloaded all the albums on Spotify and not Apple Music. I can't remember why, the reason why I chose to do that. But yeah, Spotify is just a lot more convenient, I find. Uh, when I want to turn it on and or an album that I liked and it's right there. Uh, and then number two, uh, I have The Strokes. Obviously, their album this year... Uh, big fan of their album. Uh, we'll talk about that in the year-end breakdown. I usually, you know, mix between, you know, the alternative rock and rap quite often. You know, I'll have one day of just rap or like, but I'll usually mix in alternative rock here and there. And then number three, I had Arctic Monkeys. So speaking of that, Peaky Blinders, um, this new season didn't drop, but I binged it over quarantine earlier this year. And obviously there's a lot of Arctic Monkeys throughout um, the show. So then I got, kind of got back on that kind of bandwagon and was bumping that pretty much all summer and then still bumping it pretty often right now. And then number four, Kodak Black. Uh, this is like super weird, but like I would definitely say two years ago, this would never be the case. I don't think I liked Kodak Black, but then I don't know. I had a switch and, you know, this year I probably listened to him definitely the most. But uh, and actually Calling My Spirit, Calling My Spirit was in my top five songs of the the year so and then number five jay critch so we got a new york uh rapper right here you know we talked about him obviously in the 2010s episode but uh i don't even think because cameras i don't even think dropped this year so yeah there's not really any new music i was just bumping him some of his old stuff heavy and then so for my top five songs uh so number one uh, bad luck by sl and kenny beats uh so sl uh, he's from the UK. I think he's like 16, 17. Yeah, my friend Raymond just put me on. But uh, Unreal, Kenny Beats track. And he wears a mask in all his videos and all photos. So you can't even see his face, which is another thing. And then number two, uh, Wire Sunday So Depressing by The Strokes. 
Uh, really fuck with this song. This whole album, the whole album's in there. I think there's only seven songs on the album, and I listen to them quite often. And then Freckles, Curtis Waters. Uh, it's just a random pop song in there. I mean, we won't we won't talk about that anymore. But and then Spurs Three uh, by Conway and featuring Griselda. That's that's my go-to workout song definitely since that album's dropped. Let's not probably every day I do workout. Definitely they need to put that song in like a movie where there's like I don't know some sort of violent event going on because that's just the it's like the hardest song definitely the hardest song on, on the album. Yeah, big shout out Conway was a big you know, artists in my playlist this year. And then number five, Calling My Kodak. Definitely, probably Kodak's best song, in my opinion. But yeah, so let's move on to Apple Music. So obviously, uh, Issue, he doesn't have Spotify, so we can't talk about We'll do, We'll yeah. do our breakdowns of our Apple Music replays. So let's start with you. So let's go through your top 10 songs. Okay, for, uh, for my top 10 songs, I got at number one, Keep My Peace by Al Hostile, Feet All Wild. I got to say, this guy right here, Al Hostile, is probably one of the most slept-on artists right now, currently. Um, I've been listening to him since 2017 with his debut project, Smile Always. Well, that, that wasn't his debut project, but that was the debut project for me that I listened to. Uh, it came out in 2017, but I started listening in 2018 because 2018 I got heavily invested into hip hop music. This dude could rap, he sings, he, uh, his his team um, as far as production is uh, amazing. They always do great with the uh, soul beats. Keep My Peace is from his uh, recent album titled Newport, which I think is his last name probably, I'm not sure. This track is beautiful. I, I like the the um, hook. It's, I'm just trying to keep my peace and everybody's trying to kill me. Um, at the time, I was going through a lot of stuff during that year, a bunch of stuff with school and, uh, you know, living conditions and where would I go and how's my future going to look. This song just, you know, kept kept me going and kept me, you know, motivated to get through this year. I, I actually got 83 plays on that song. That's why it's my number one. Definitely check out Al Hostile. He's also at my number two with his uh single that he dropped in March of 2020 titled 1995 Get Back Champion. The sample on this goes crazy. It's just the ultra urban hip-hop song um he's gonna um i don't know when i'm gonna release a a, a rap playlist because i know me and you dropped the the 2010s new york playlist he's not from new york but if it was from you know where he's from he definitely would have been on there a couple times whenever we release a, a joint rap playlist with pure just lit rap songs uh 1995 get back champion will definitely be on there that got uh 78 plays number three i got target on my chest by brent fias and lost hendrix this song goes crazy. Um, Brent is Brent's been dropping a lot of great music this year, but um, I had to take some time to dive deep back into his catalog because the only project I listened to before he started dropping music this year was really Saunderson. Um, Saunderson is probably it's probably my favorite pro- project by Brent Fias. Although um, Fuck the World is starting to become more my favorite Brent project. The electric um, guitar solo at the end is just perfect with that song. That song is beautiful. That got 70 uh 76 plays. Um, Al Hostiles at number four again with a song 444 uh, featuring Casey Jones. Shout out to Casey Jones. He's um, he's a dope artist. He just dropped the project Digital Dogs. I'm going to listen to that soon. Um, I got uh, 75 plays with that. At number five is actually a song that I'm featured on. It's by Anna Lunda. Shout out to you, bro. Much love. The song Pixels. Uh, we made that when quarantine first started, when we thought we would be back at school. He told me that he wanted me to hop on one of his songs. And I said, all right, just send it whenever you're ready. It took a couple months, but he sent the beat. 
he did his verse, I did mine, and that pretty much started the musical journey between me and Anna Lunda, so shout out to him, you know, I eventually got on his album, uh, Dwell, so that song got 71 plays for me, at number six, I got my song, Forbidden Fruit, which I dropped, uh, last summer, yeah, uh, dope song, it's real jazz. It gives you a jazzy feel diving into the themes of lust, love, loss. That got 71 plays. At number seven, I got $500 Ounces by Westside Gun. I like the production on this track. Freddie Gibbs, the um, start this track, just amazing. He does an amazing job on every song he hops on with as far as him joining Griselda with um, music and stuff. So shout out to Freddie Gibbs. Shout out to Westside Gun. He definitely should have you know, won a Grammy for his album. He dropped the classic, and I'm pretty sure we all can agree on that. That's got 70 plays. Um, at number eight, Aubrey Omari dropped this song, Benz which I listened to throughout the whole summer. The beat is um, amazing. Sometimes I can't hear, I can't understand the lyrics of what he's saying, but the beat on that just goes crazy. This was off his album XXI, which is uh, a dope project. I definitely recommend anyone who likes like, hip-hop music, but not traditional hip-hop music. I definitely recommend you um, you check that out because he can rap and sing as well. Um, number nine, I got Honest by John Lindahl with uh, 62 plays. He's an artist signed under Logic's um, record label, Bobby Boy Records. He dropped his debut album, Open at Night, which is probably the top pop album of the year for me personally. Um, that got 62 plays. The hook is pretty catchy. Um, dude has an amazing voice. Dude also can rap a little and he can dance his ass off. So shout out to John Lindahl and everyone at Bobby Boy Records. Number 10, uh, and for number 10, I got uh, Al Hostile. Again, his track, Gold slim featuring casey jones he actually samples jay-z's can i live on this song that's why i love it so much yeah um he sampled jay-z's can i live on that so that's what made the track stand out to me and casey's verse on that just goes amazing and that's got 61 plays for me um that was my top 10 songs on apple music thank you <laughs> awesome um yeah i gotta check out al hostile because i think he's your number one played artist as well right yeah 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 37 <laughs> Hours like, hours non-stop, bro. Just non-stop. Like, That's crazy. I don't know. It just stands out to me. That's nuts, dude. But, uh, okay, I'll go through my top 10 songs. And, yeah, mine's not, mine's a lot different than, like, my Spotify, even, like, the, the Spotify playlist. Yeah, it's just, like, so much. I mean, not not totally different. Like, number one, commercial, Lil Baby, Floozy. That song just bumps. 61 plays. So I think your your top had like eighty or ninety or something. Yeah, I believe so. Okay. okay. Yeah, eighty three so plays like, for the top. Yeah, honestly, if you add the Spotify, because I definitely played this song definitely a few times on Spotify. Uh, but yeah, banger. And then number two, some to prove. I think yeah, this came out late last year, but um, it shows the album cover uh, for my turn. Um, such such a good banger. Honestly, like. You know, we'll talk about the Grammy nominations, and obviously it's a shock the weekend didn't got nominated, but Lil Baby should have gotten nominated for my turn. And, like, I, I'll say, like, yes, the other albums, maybe they're more traditional hip-hop. I mean, I don't know about D Savage, but it was the highest, you know, selling album of the entire year. Like, I, I, I just don't understand it. And then, then what, uh, The Bigger Picture got nominated, but I think that was just, yeah, we'll give you a nomination, so we'll give it for your song that, you know you came out with after your album which yeah i don't understand that but uh so number three cruiserweight coke griselda um honestly <laughs> is my favorite song off that album and like i started i made this like mix where i have 
um, Drake's, I think, can of everything. And when he says, like, shout out to Buffalo, never ducking low, and then it cuts right into Cruiserweight Coat. And, like, how that song comes in. Also, that video, unreal video. And, like, the way Conway, you know, starts that off is crazy. Conway, every time Conway starts a Griselda song, it's like, those are, like, the best Griselda songs. And unless, like, this West Side, you know, there's the odd West Side where he starts off. But when Conway starts off, it's just something different. Uh, and then number four, Got Good Intentions by Nav. Uh, <laughs> so you're shaking your head. But, uh, yeah, no, even last year, like, DR Runners was my favorite song. I don't know, just Good Intentions. I just love that. Love that song. Uh, we'll move on. And then Had Enough, Don Tolliver. I think that, that song came out last year as well. But it was on, yeah, on the Jack Boys tape, which I think that came out in December last year. But it was on Don Tolliver's album. Been listening to a lot of Don Tolliver lately. That album's really grown on me. Like, I wasn't so sure of at first, but that's definitely grown on me as the year. He's definitely very talented. Uh, and then number six, I got Open Mic slash uh, Aquarius 3 Logic. Yeah, 40, 44 plays on this. Honestly, like, I'll be honest, like, most <laughs> of the time, I fast forward to one one minute, thirty second, 37 seconds left in the track, and that's when the beat switches. Right, yeah. Right when the beat switches. That, like, last half and the whole video for it, unreal like the how they filmed it like slow motion yeah should have been its own track i hate (laughs) like open mic is nice like i like how i like how it sounds you know that he it sounds like he's you know doing an open mic you know no ids production over the whole album is unreal we'll talk about that album definitely before the year is over but aquarius three man that might be logic's best song like i mean obviously that might be a reach just the themes he gets into on this, you know, knowing that he's a dad now, that he's retired, uh, but he still thinks, you know, he's top five in the game. But mm-hmm. Unreal Beat, you know, crazy. It definitely sounded like a, a six beat. You know, I thought, because I'm not sure if, you know, no, I know he, no ID executive produced the album. But I'm not sure if he did every single beat, but it definitely sounded like an old kind of logic beat, the boom bap, you know, the young Sinatra days. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then number seven, No Soccer, Little Baby, and Money Bag, yo. Uh, unreal song, uh, 44 plays. Uh, and then with 44 plays as well, actually the next two songs, Poppy Chulo, Octavian and Skepta, definitely this. And uh, I love how SL, you know, came in with number one on Spotify. But yeah, that, you know, Bad Luck and Poppy Chulo, definitely the top UK songs of the year. This video is also super fire. Uh, and every time Octavia and Skepta have a song that it's just flames. And then number nine, Save Your Tears with 44 plays. You know, some, I, I honestly, I've noticed that this is the, probably like the least played song, you know, out of everything on the album. Like every single song's kind of been getting a push, you know, whether it's a music video, you know, running up the charts. Save Your Tears is my favorite song on this whole album. I've been bumping that. All, all summer, you know, and all fall uh, since that album's came out. But, uh, and I believe it's Max Martin on the beat. You know, he does a lot of, you know, the pop beats uh, in, in the industry. And love After Hours. And we'll talk about that as well in the Grammy episodes. And then number 10, Fluorescent Adolescent Arctic Monkeys. Definitely Arctic Monkeys, like best song, great video. Uh, and then I- I'm going to say, so number 11, We Paid with uh little baby and 42 dub that's like definitely banger of the year in my book so let's talk about our top artists we're going to the hours so i'll go with mine first we'll just do top five 
So I got Drake, 17 hours. Obviously, the Canadian boy on this podcast, so got to represent. And then little Baby, 14 hours. And you know what's crazy? It's like, I remember when their song came out. I'm like blanking right here what their song was. Uh, their first song. And I remember Drake's like, it's me and Lil Baby. It's shit going crazy. And it's like Lil Baby and Drake are now literally neck and neck in my listening. And I remember when that song came out and everyone was hyping Lil Baby. I was like, not sure. But yeah, Lil Baby definitely, this was his best year. Uh, best album of his career so far. Uh, that definitely shows the 14 hours. But definitely listen to a lot of his older stuff as well. And then we have Nav with 10 hours. Yeah, it's just crazy that I spent 10 hours listening to Nav. Uh, yeah, <laughs> she rolls his eyes. But uh, yeah, no, Nav, yeah. Right then again, got to do uh, Ian's up here. You know, Nav, brown boy, first brown boy to me. You know, he's on the game right now. I'm entirely joking right now. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I fuck with Nav. It's like his flow is just so the lyrics are so bad but some of the beats he does you gotta admit there's some there's some fire yeah his production is definitely good like i'll say that yeah. his production yeah. is hard. and then so number four i got logic so with eight hours you know obviously yeah no pressure drop this year you know when that dropped i was listening to under pressure you know back to back you know comparing you know all the songs on there but most notably you know soul food one and soul food two um you know just how he starts off you know soul food one you know he starts it off having conversations with legends uh and i believe that was like nine years ago eight years ago eight years ago maybe mm-hmm. or maybe less oh no 2014 2014 so six years ago and then on this you know soul food two he's saying conversations with people and you know him being retired now and out of the game i still think he's coming back you know for sure with something like he he has to after after listening to the Juicy J album, you know his his songs on there. 1995 is a good track. I think the other one's like Pretty Girls or something. Maybe maybe something different than that. But uh, so moving on number five, uh, and then we got the weekend. So you got three Canadian artists in the top five. You know if you had picked three Canadian artists, the biggest ones, most people would be like, oh, you got Trey, Justin Bieber, and the weekend. But no, I got Nav. I got Nav in my top five really flattering and then so now issue so who do you got we know you got al hostile at number one but who are your remaining four yeah hostile got 37 hours um so at number two i got kanye west with 25 hours pretty much it was just pretty much me diving back into his um catalog of all his old albums from the college dropout up so i was just spending a bunch of time diving back into his catalog listening to some of the songs that i remember this uh hearing on the radio was a kid kanye west's production on the majority of his whole discography is pretty good so yeah kanye west is just kanye west you know you got to give you know you got to give him credit where credit is due yeah, number three, I have Logic. Uh, pretty much dive back into uh, his discography from Under Pressure up as well. Similar to Kanye West, I like his earlier albums. I didn't, uh, I didn't enjoy Confessions of a Dangerous Mind that much, but I think Young Sinatra Four, which he dropped in 2018, was kind of an underrated uh, project. Um, Supermarket, I like that as well. A lot of people didn't like it, but because it's alternative, that's why I enjoyed it more because it was something different than what he normally does. And No Pressure is a classic, a classic Logic album in my opinion. I think he does very well with you know saying you know giving us giving us what we 
supposedly wanted everybody, wanted no pressure, so he's giving us that. The production on Man I Is is, is dope. Uh, Celebration goes crazy. He has a bunch of hype songs on there, as well as songs that's, you know, really thought-provoking and makes you think. Uh, Heard Him Say was amazing. I think he sampled Good Morning by Kanye West from Graduation. That was dope. Uh, so, yeah, that's all logic at my number three. Um, at my number four, I got Russ with 15 Hours. <laughs> I was Yeah, I was pretty much listening to, to, to some of his old singles. I don't listen to him as much anymore but i gotta give him credit where it's due uh as an independent artist he doesn't ama- he does an amazing job for you know business wise and him making his music be streamed in different countries uh some of his pr- production on tracks are good give up is one of my favorite tracks that he that uh he 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 worked on lately um he's consistent with music uh shake the snow Globe was a solid album in my opinion so shout out to russ much love although you know i don't really listen to his music like that anymore I think he's kind of an asshole, but, you know, he already knows that. So, shout out to Russ. And at number five, I got John Lindahl, who's um, signed under Bobby Boy Records with 15 hours as well. He dropped Open the Night. Beautiful album, in my opinion, and a great introduction to who he was because I didn't really know anything about him until Logic promoted him. But he's he's very talented. He can dance, rap, sing. Open the Night is probably one of the best pop projects of the year for me, in my personal opinion. So shout out to John Lindahl. And yeah, those are my top five uh, artists on Apple Music. Awesome. And so also, so we'll go back to Spotify now. So you also have a Spotify artist wrap up. Uh, it's actually your yeah. first one. You started releasing music this year. So do you want to break that down for the people? Well, on Spotify, I have six, 684 streams, 30 hours, 16 listeners, and four countries. So I just wanted to say shout out to everyone who streams on my, my music on Spotify. I know most of my streams come from Apple Music and a lot from SoundCloud, but this next album is not going to be on SoundCloud. So the people who use the streaming service will be able to hear it. I just want to say thank you to everyone who listened to the music, of course. Uh, shout out to everyone I collabed with um, this year. It's only year one as far as music on all platforms and yeah shout out to everyone who's going to be collabing with me for 2021 all right so now we're going to move on to a song that you're featured on so enchanted on the ep by basics of refusal so that's a group with you and Orlanda and random newspaper doing production uh, i believe the first song is just uh, a beat by random newspaper it's called you tried and then Enchanted has you and Anurlanda, but uh, tell us about how that song came together and how the group came together. Okay, so I'll start how the group came together. Um, me, the group was originally just supposed to be a, du- a duo, like, uh, you know, how you got Freddie Gibbs and um, The Alchemist or Freddie Gibbs and Mad Lib. Uh, it was supposed to just be me and Random Newspaper. It was supposed to be me on vocals and random newspaper on production but after pretty much after um random newspaper dropped his his debut project on soundcloud spectrum and he put me and Anna um, Lunda on that. We decided that it was best if we just formed a trio to have more of a diverse group. We may be even adding some more members soon. Random Newspapers on production. He produces he produces uh, tracks for me and Anna Lunda. He actually produced the second track on Anna Lunda's album, Dwell. So I just wanted to say shout out to Random Newspaper because he started producing around last March uh, or a couple months before that. A couple months ago, he just started producing. He didn't even know what the hell to do. And now he's at an extreme level his sampling game is pretty crazy shout out to him so i decided to add anna lunda in a group so it would be so it's me and anna lunda on vocals and random newspaper on production uh as of right now and for 
for our debut single, a film by Basics of Refusal, the beat, uh, the beat, the first beat on the 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 single pack is "You Tried" by Random Newspaper. He completely produced that whole track himself. His production is amazing. So I basically hit up Andrew London, uh, Terrence, uh, Random Newspaper. I'm sorry, his name is Terrence. I said, um. Look, uh, we got this group started already. When do you guys want to drop a song or whatever? You know, we we all got our solo sh- solo music and everything. I got my my upcoming album. Anna London had just dropped an album, and Random Newspaper just dropped two projects. He dropped two EPs. He dropped Spectrum and The Rejects. So we pretty much decided that we would drop on Black Friday. We said, all right, Black Friday is the perfect date to drop. So I had I got this beat. I had this beat. I've been sitting on this beat, the Enchanted beat, for a long time, for like almost a year. Didn't know what to do, do with it because I'm used to rapping on boom bap beats or soul beats. So I could just get my words out because I'm not really, I can't really rap on trap beats. But I guess you can say I can with Elekta XVI. So other than that, other than Elekta, I haven't really rapped on beats like that other than, you know, freestyling and stuff. So got had had the beat sitting on it for a while. And Alunda was supposed to work on a, a totally different beat for my album that's coming out next year. He said, um, I need more time with the beat for your album, but do you have anything that I could just flow off of right now? I need something that I could just write to immediately. I said, Okay. Looked in my uh looked in my computer files, found the enchanted beat, sent them it. He wrote his verse in 30 minutes, sent it back to me. I wrote my verse in about 25 minutes. We got the track recorded and we pretty much, uh, he we did a little bit of mixing. I mastered it and we sent it off to be released on Black Friday. So it came out on Black Friday. It's out now, so you can stream that on all platforms. And yeah, that's basically how the group started. Um, we're gonna drop we're gonna drop a collab uh, mixtape in 2021, I believe. I'm not sure if it's um the Manhattan Project, which was um which was gonna be Random Newspaper's solo project, but he decided that he wanted to drop it under the group project, being that he dropped two EPs. So the Manhattan Project will be me, Anna Lunda, and you know on vocals and all tracks produced by Random Newspaper. So that should be dropping in 2021 and. Yeah, that's just pretty much the origin of the group and our debut single. Um, more music coming 2021, so it's just going to be a big year for all of us. And even you, you know, you agreed to produce a couple tracks or, you know, in the interlude on my album. So I'm looking forward to getting you on that as well. I also gave you a little bit of a, you know, shout out on the album with uh, the track A King's Feast of Fall Off. So you'll hear that when it wants to release. That's just pretty much it with the group. Um, more music coming from us. And yeah, that's how we all came together as one yeah that's dope man like enchanted you know you and you know Arnolanda, you already had so much chemistry also known as Aaron. uh yeah, but uh, yeah birthday. this is definitely you guys' best song well, same birthday yeah, too yeah 313 march 13th yeah damn nice but uh yeah so super stoked for the album the manhattan project that's a sick name All right, everyone, and now we're moving on to our NFL talk segment of the podcast. So talking NFL for the first time since episode eight, which was the NFL savant talk. We had our five picks from that week. We both didn't do too well. I believe I got three out of five. I think the issue was two out of five. But that week had the infamous DeAndre Hopkins uh, Hail Mary catch on three defenders. And I believe we, yeah, we both picked the Bills and they were underdogs in that game. And they were still up by 
three or four points, and then the Hail Mary with two seconds left. Uh, so we lost that one. So unlucky. But uh, let's break down uh, the last week, uh, week 12 in the NFL. I know last episode, I believe we did it for week 10 or week 11. Or yeah, week 10. And then I didn't get it out till after week 10. So this week I'll get it out before week 13 starts. So you guys can hear our picks. Uh, so let's start with the AFC. So let's start with the Raiders. We predicted, we both predicted to uh, make the playoffs, but they've been struggling as of late. I believe they're six and five right now. They put up 30 points the last three weeks before this uh, loss to the Falcons. And they had five turnovers, 11 penalties. They were bad on third down all game. Derek Carr was pretty atrocious. Other than the, I think it was a fourth and three or something, they threw for 40 yards. That was pretty much all what all they did all game. And yeah, the Falcons... Yeah, they've pretty much been a betting nightmare all year. Uh, defense couldn't really stop anything, or they would blow leads at uh, the beginning of the year, and now they're 4-2 and two since they fired their head coach. Uh, so now they're doing better, and Julio didn't even play. You know, it really just was in the game, uh, and they, they won the game. But, uh, yeah, the Raiders are on the decline. Uh, but, yeah, Ishii, what are your thoughts on the Raiders obviously struggling? Obviously, they had a good game against the Chiefs. They've had two really good games against this Chiefs this year, going one and one against them. But uh, what are your thoughts on their kind of slide right now? And do you think they can turn it around? Obviously, there is a decline with the Raiders, and you know they haven't been what a lot of people expected them to be. I don't think they'll make playoffs at this point, but I think there's still potential for them to turn it around. There's a pos- yeah, there's a high chance. I op- you know they had the you know opportunity to turn it around, start you know making smarter decisions, um, you know, Carr more specifically, and, you know, just work together to make the best out of what's left of this season so they could, you know, eventually have a better season next year, hopefully. Yeah, totally. And, you know, I think they, they could sneak in because, you know, Miami's, you know, they lost last week against the Broncos, but they, you know, obviously beat the Jets uh, this week. So, you know, and then, you know, there's obviously the Ravens who are still in, in the hunt for that spot, but, uh, yeah, it's going to come down to the last few games and, you know, the Falcons, they're kind of still in the playoff hunt now as well. They're four and seven. I mean, obviously they have to win probably their five remaining games. You know, they've been coming on strong and similar to last year, they had that bad start and then kind of came on at the end, I believe six and 10 or seven and nine at the end of last season. Uh, but now let's talk about, so actually in our, episode eight uh you picked the titans being the colts they weren't able to beat them but then this week coming around they destroyed the colts you know derrick henry three tds you know got the hat trick 178 yards huge for my fantasy uh, team this week but didn't matter the other guy had uh tyree kill uh and then aj brown as well having two touchdowns big touchdown in the first quarter or first half sorry and then the kick return at the end for the onside kick. But he has 16 TDs in 25 games. And, you know, there's all been all this talk about DK Metcalf all year, you know, being the best receiver. But they were teammates, you know, Ole Miss. And obviously A.J. Brown was drafted in the first round, DK in the second. A.J. Brown has 16 TDs in 25 games, which is pretty crazy stats. I think there's only three other wide receivers to have uh, that many touchdowns in his first 25 games. But yeah, the I remember, yeah, we were talking about the Colts and we were saying how they, you know, might not make the playoffs just because of their quarterback, and then all of a sudden 
you know, after we said that, Colts were, like, on fire after that. They were pretty average that game. Obviously, they, you know, they haven't really had a running game all year. Jonathan Taylor wasn't playing. Uh, and their defense, they're kind of, you know, struck by COVID. You know, DeForest Buckner, their new defensive lineman they brought in from uh, San Francisco wasn't playing. And they were missing, you know, a few other guys that were looking to make the Pro Bowl. But that being said, they've been giving up, you know, a lot of rushing yards all year, you know, even the first game against, you know, Derrick Henry, they gave up 100 yards a few weeks back. You know, we did predict the Colts not to win. And then, you know, it was kind of looking like, oh, maybe they'll pull ahead with this division. But they lost again. But what was your thoughts on the Titans' performance from Henry and Brown and Tannehill as well? Yeah, obviously, I obviously think Derrick Henry, you know, he's my second favorite running back in the league. You know, he's great for everyone, anyone's fantasy that he's on. I wish I could have snagged him on lines, but I obviously missed out on that opportunity. Tannehill's been pretty solid at that quarterback, you know, position. Um, I, did, I wasn't expecting the Titans to lose to the Colts that first game that they did, but, you know, inevitably I was wrong. But, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm excited to see what they do this remaining schedule, you know. As far as the teams they're playing, I think they'll still do pretty good. Hopefully they don't, you know, lose again. But, you know, their defense needs to could definitely be a little bit better. But other than that, yeah, pretty much uh, pretty much excited to see what they do for the rest of the season. I hope they make playoffs. They should. Yeah, they, they should. Honestly, I had the I picked them this week uh, to win as well. And even the first week. Yeah, they've been really coming up strong um, the last few weeks, especially Derrick Henry. He's been having some crazy games as of late. Leads the league in, you know, rushing attempts, rushing yards. And uh, they continue to ride, you know, by Henry pretty much. But Tannehill had a good game as well. That's not discounting him. But now, so a kind of unfortunate loss, I guess you could say, for the Broncos. So one of their, I guess one of their QBs, their backup QB, I'm quite, not quite sure his name, but he tested positive for COVID. And then I guess all the QBs were in a room together and they weren't wearing masks, so they weren't. None of them were allowed to play. Blake Bortles, Drew Locke, and I can't remember the other second stringer they had. But uh, so then this guy Hinton came up and played. And wow, I think, well, to be fair, he didn't practice with the team. I think he was from the practice squad, maybe, but didn't practice this week with the team because they couldn't practice because of COVID. And he had one completion, uh, one out of nine. Pretty tough game. Obviously, they're playing the Saints. The Saints had Taysom Hill. That was a tough you know, start. Taysom Hill kind of had, you know, a while to get ready in that game. But yeah, that was a tough game. And they ended up blowing them out. But one completion for that guy, like poor, poor start. But their QBs didn't test positive for COVID, the other two. But because they weren't wearing masks, they weren't allowed to play, which is kind of funny. Yeah, so the Broncos, you know, we talked about maybe they got to move on from Drew Locke on the Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields talk. But now for sure, after they weren't wearing masks, like none of the QBs, I think, you know, they're definitely going to move on from all their QBs for sure now. But uh, let's move on to some of the games in the NFC. So let's start with the Vikings. You know, the Vikings coming, coming on strong as of late. You know, obviously Adam Thielen wasn't playing. Justin Jefferson kind of took up the load. He's been playing like a top 10 receiver all year. But obviously Thielen's been, you know, pretty dominant in the red zone, getting the TDs uh, for the Vikings. But yeah, they the Panthers looked really good. And the Panthers, you know, they're 4-8. They started the year strong. But, uh, you know, they've been pretty close in all these games that they've been losing. And they've been drafting well, you know. Obviously, Moore, David, or uh, DJ Moore, you know, Samuel and, you know, Robbie Anderson, who they picked up 
free agency have an all reliable wide receiver options. But this uh, Jeremy Chin, this uh, free agent, or no, um, safety that they drafted, he had back-to-back fumble recoveries for touchdowns on back-to-back possessions, which was pretty crazy. And he had seven tackles as well. Yeah, so even though they're four and eight, you know, they got a new head coach. I like, you know, where they're at, that they're, you know, not getting blown out in these losses. You know, similar to the Raiders, you know, last year. You know, the Raiders, you know, the last few years they've been making all these changes, but last year they kind of, you know, were in games even though they were losing. And the Panthers are in a tough division, obviously. You know, we talked about the Falcons coming back and obviously the Bucs and the Saints being, you know, the two dominant teams in that division. But what are your thoughts on the Vikings kind of coming on strong, staying in the playoff hunt? And then also the Panthers, even though they're, you know, four and eighth, but they looked pretty good, you know, so far this season. Yeah, for the Vikings, it's, it's dope to see that they're, you know, still coming on strong and trying to make that playoff run. They definitely have the, there's definitely the possibility that they do make it if they keep going on strong. You know, they got a great offensive team. So, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing what they can do on, you know, um, with this last push because we have a couple weeks left before, you know, playoffs start. And for the Panthers as well, it's kind of interesting that they're even, you know, making it this far as, you know, they are because I haven't, I didn't really think that they would. You know, they just, you know, had, uh, gave up Cam Newton. Um, you know, they have Terry Bridgewater at the quarterback position. They have Christian McCaffrey who, you know, is like, you know, on a island by himself there. So to see them going strong, you know, it's, it's, it's dope. Yeah, and even though they have Christian McCaffrey, I think he's missed most of the games this year. But, yeah, Mike Davis has been filling in strong for them. But I'd love to see them next year, you know, a healthy McCaffrey, you know, a defense, that, a young defense looks pretty good uh, with a bit more experience. And obviously Teddy Bridgewater, you know, he was injured, you know, for a game there. So for him to get back and be healthy, that would be great. Uh, and then, so the AFC West or the NFC West, I should say. So the 49ers, they beat the Rams. So for the second time this year, I think they're 4-0 in their last games against the Rams. Like, Jared Goff just can't, you know, find a way to beat the 49ers, even though, like, Nick Mullins was playing, you know, their backup QB. Uh, But that 49ers defense, you know, they have Sherman back. You know, they have this good rookie got an interception. I'm not sure his name. But, uh, yeah, they're 5-6. You know, Arizona's 6-5, so they're still in the playoff hunt. And, you know, that was big for big for Seattle as well. You know, that was a pretty messy game against the Eagles. But they got the win and the Rams lost. So they have the game in hand on the Rams now. So that, you know, that division should come down to the wire. You know, Arizona, after, you know, beating the Seahawks, you know, a few weeks back or before they lost to them, they're looking like, oh, maybe they'll win this division. But now they're third and, you know, the 49ers are one game back. And the 49ers have been hot. They've been getting good coaching for Kyle Shanahan, even though they've had so many injuries and, you know, people getting COVID and stuff like that. And also, like, they can't even, I think they just announced that they're going to be playing home games in Arizona Stadium because they're actually not allowed to play in their county in in San Francisco because of COVID. Uh, So that'll be another adjustment for them. But uh, interesting that, you know, they're one game back on Arizona and now they're going to be sharing the same stadium as them but uh we'll see what happens with that and then obviously the final game so sunday night uh the bucks against the chiefs this was a huge game it was crazy i think tyree kill put up like 200 yards in the first quarter i think it was like 14 maybe 21 nothing something something like that in the first quarter uh my fantasy game was pretty much lost at that point i think he had like 
you know, 40 points in the first quarter, 60 points on the whole uh, night. But the, the Bucks came back. You know, they came back. It was 27-24. But, uh, yeah, they, you know, we, we talked about before how they're not going to be able to win in these shootouts. You know, in that Saints game, after, you know, they got down to the Saints, they were just throwing the ball, throwing the ball. And it kind of worked to some degree, but then they got the ball to Ronald Jones. One thing they got to start doing is running the ball more. Because a few games ago, you know, Ronald Jones went off for a career high and they were giving it to him more after we talked about how they, you know, got to run the ball more. But yeah, they weren't really running the ball at all this game and they kind of fell behind. And yeah, their defense was able to adjust to, you know, Tyree Kill. I mean, he still had 269 yards, but I guess only 69 yards in the final three quarters, if you want to say that's a win, but they still lost the game. You know, it's going to be interesting now. They play the Saints again. I think they played them one more time to finish off the year. What were your thoughts on that game and, you know, Bucks, you know, dropping down to that huge deficit so early, but then able to come back? It was interesting. I, I say I definitely say it was interesting. You know, we said that the Bucks, we thought that the, you know, the Buccaneers were obviously not as good as they look on paper on a two-game losing streak, but you know, that comeback was good for them. I think that comeback was good for them, but um you know, now they're seven and five. I think they'll still make playoffs. It's pretty much with the remaining schedule. Just see how the rest of these games go. Hopefully, they don't lose any more games because they're on a uh, two-game losing streak. Um, hopefully, they can win the rest of these games and you know clutch up and uh, play a little bit better. But that that comeback was definitely good for them. Yeah, I think they definitely will get to nine, ten wins for sure. They're already at seven. Not entirely sure what their remaining schedule is, but obviously we said they're going to play the Saints again, so who knows what happens with that game. I predict probably the Saints will win again, even with Taysom Hill in there. They've just, their defense has looked, you know, unbeatable. And they, they find a way, you know, even though they can't really throw the ball downfield, even with Drew Brees, you know, they find a way to get their uh, the ball into their playmakers' hands, Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, and still find a way to win games. But uh, so the last division we're going to break down. So obviously the NFC East. Uh, so, you know, your Giants, you know, winning this week. But obviously Daniel Jones went down to injury. Yeah. So, yeah. So they're tied with the football team now, <laughs> four and seven. Uh, yeah, so the Giants' remaining schedule is not too easy. You got the Cardinals, the Seahawks, the Browns, the Ravens, and the Cowboys. So maybe only win the last game against the top Cowboys. Not really too sure. But the Washington, you know, football team, they have the Steelers, 49ers, Seahawks, Panthers, and the Eagles. So they have a just as tough schedule. And the Eagles obviously losing, you know, again, you know, to the Seahawks this week. You know, they didn't look, you know, horrendous. Obviously, Carson Wentz threw two TDs. But they didn't give him the ball to Miles Sanders at all, you know, that game. And, you know, he's been good all year for them. He's pretty much been their only good piece on their offense, I guess you could say. You know, depending on if Washington can maybe upset one of those teams, that last game against the Eagles and then the Giants game against the Cowboys is going to be key because if the Giants and the football team are tied, obviously Giants will take division because of the two games they beat Washington. But it's interesting to see, you know, Definitely one of the worst divisions of all time. We've talked about this, but uh, how do you how do you see this playing out now that they're tied still and they both have crazy tough schedules to end the year? I mean, yes, yeah, it's, it's definitely gonna suck watching some of these games because I already know the Giants are gonna just lose 
And, you know, we just lost Daniel Jones um, last week. So with the Washington Redskins as well, they both have tough schedules, but I'm hoping my, you know, the Giants could pull through since they've been on a three-game winning streak, but that's unlikely to happen with the teams they're going against. And I don't even know who they have playing at the quarterback position right now, being that Daniel Jones went out with a hamstring injury. But, you know, they're both 4-7, and seven, you know, having a pretty similar season, but um, I'm betting on my Giants, um, although they might let me down. This is this is definitely one of the worst divisions of all time. It's just they, every team is just so terrible and at the most subpar. So, yeah, I'll, I'll be definitely watching a bunch of these Giants games. I'll watch a couple Redskins games, too, to see how they um, see how they fare against these top teams in the NFL. But other than that, it's, it's pretty much going to be you know hor- horrendous, in my opinion. Yeah, and even, you know, they've had a horrendous year. All the teams, obviously, the Cowboys losing Dak. They're pretty horrendous when they had Dak as well. And, you know, obviously, the Eagles, they've had their injuries and... You know, same with Washington. Alex Smith has been, you know, playing well. But uh, obviously, Dwayne Haskins didn't really work out for them. But the Giants, I feel like they're in the best best spot, definitely, in yeah. this division. You know, with Saquon coming back, definitely for the future. You know, we'll see what Cowboys do with Dak. Obviously, I think they'll resign him. But even that defense, like, I trust the Cow- or the Giants defense over the Cowboys defense for sure. But, yeah, so we'll see what happens with that division. But that ends our discussion talk for all the divisions and all the games we went over. So now we're going to yep. move on to our five picks. All right, guys, so we're back with our five picks of the week. So I'll start this off. So my first pick, the Seahawks are playing the New York Giants. I'm going to go with the Seattle Seahawks. And then the Kansas City Chiefs are playing the Denver Broncos. Obviously, we talked about the Denver Broncos not playing well. It was late, so definitely taking the Chiefs on that. And then the Green Bay Packers are versing the Philadelphia Eagles. Definitely going to take the Packers on this. They've been looking unstoppable against bad teams as of late. And then the Vikings versus the Jags. I'm taking the Vikings on this pick for my fourth pick. Uh, even though the Jags kind of had a close game against the, the Cleveland Browns last week, I think the Vikings are a much better team. And then my final pick of the week, taking the Miami Dolphins over the Cincinnati Bengals. And Miami, I'm not sure if two is playing this week, but Fitzpatrick has looked good in that, and they got a great defense. And the Bengals, I think they have a third-string quarterback playing right now in Brandon Allen. So... On to you issue. For my first pick, I got the Titans beating the Browns. Browns don't, don't really have any offensive pieces that much. They have Laundry, Bacon Mayfield is, eh, he's okay, I guess. But, uh, you know, the Titans have Derrick Henry, who's, if not, you know, the best running back in the league this season. He's running up a bunch of yards and just, you know, breaking so many tackles. So, you know, obviously that team is going to beat the Browns, in my opinion. I think the Vikings are overall a better team than the Jaguars. So for my second pick, I have the Vikings beating the Jaguars. I have the Dolphins beating the Bengals. The Bengals lost Joe Burrow to injury. And you just said they had a, you know, third string quarterback playing for them. Tua may not be playing this week, but Fitzpatrick is still good as well. So either way, they're pretty much good, and that's a a win in my opinion. I have the Chargers beating the Patriots, and uh, for my fifth pick, I have the Cardinals beating the Rams. All right, awesome, and thanks, guys. So that concludes our NFL talk uh, for the episode, and now we will move on to the final segment and finish off with some NBA talk. Now we're back talking NBA and back-to-back podcasts. So obviously, we had our post-draft special last week, 
and a little bit of free agency talk, but some new uh, trades and signings have happened. Most notably, last night, the Washington Wizards made a trade with Houston Rockets, trading John Wall and a first-round pick to Houston for Russell Westbrook. Uh, I believe the first-round pick is lottery-protected, so you know not a huge loss for the Wizards in that case. Um, but honestly, you know, you know, these are two guys, huge contracts. Obviously, John Wall's coming off a heel and Achilles injuries and, you know, surgeries on both of his knees in his career. So he's definitely the more risky pick. But, you know, Russell Westbrook, you know, apparently he didn't show up to training camp. And, you know, that was kind of the reason they ended up making the trade. Uh, but honestly, my initial thoughts on this, I like this for the Washington Wizards, you know, just the fact, you know, John Wall wasn't, you know, obviously he's been there for 10 years, been a great player for their franchise, but, you know, his injury issues have become a problem, you know, playing, I think it's like 30 games in the last, you know, few few to three years. Uh, and, you know, they have Bradley Beal now, you know, Westbrook, you know, we talked about the nice guys, you know, they picked up Danny Abijah in the draft you know they got uh, a few other young pieces around them they re-signed burton's you know one of the best three-point shooters in the league but uh, i like this pick i like it you know this team that westbrook has around him you know you could say it's better than some of those okc teams he had you know which is pretty much stephen adams and whoever else you could plug in there jeremy grant uh but now he has bradley beal a guy who I would say is a superstar. You know, he definitely hasn't made it to the levels in the playoffs, but last few years, this guy's been balling out crazy without John Wall. But yeah, and then Houston on the other side, you know, apparently, you know, uh, James Harden had wanted, if he had to choose, he was he said he chose John Wall to play with. So not really sure about that. Obviously, you know, John Wall, you know, he has the ball a lot in his hands, and that's what James Harden does. And, you know, John Wall's not really a shooter, necessarily. Uh, most of his shots come off the dribble. So that's an interesting pick. I think definitely, you know, they're going to move on from James Harden eventually, and then I think eventually John Wall for sure, just based on the fact. I don't think you build your franchise around John Wall at this point in his career. But what are your initial thoughts on the trade uh, for both teams? For the Washington Wizards, I enjoy. I, I really like this pick. Um, they got a better point guard, in my opinion, um, because we know John Wall doesn't always start the season in the best shape. He's, you know, very injury prone. Um, you know, Bradley Bill was when Bradley Bill and John Wall were playing together. Um, the majority of the seasons they played together, they had John Wall taking most of the shots. When obviously Bradley Bill was the best scorer on that team. Bradley Bill is a guy who averaged uh, 30 points per game, four rebounds, two assists. And he can play off ball. So I just think with Westbrook, that could be much better because Westbrook can have the ball in his hands. Bradley Bill can run around the court, you know, play off ball and get buckets and do what he does best because that's what he's meant to do. Just, you know, scoring, you know, and help the team win some games. They have Rui Hachimura, who's who's amazing at his position. He's very solid. I'm really, you know, excited to see what he becomes in this league. He's one of the best uh, Japanese players. He's probably the best Japanese player to ever play in the NBA at this point. They have Thomas Bryant, who's pretty solid on defense at that center position. And, you know, they drafted Denny Avida, so I think he's going to be uh, a sleeper pick in the draft. I think he's something special. 
his defense is pretty good. He has very solid ball handling. His scoring is solid. So, he, you know, he can improve on some things, but he's pretty solid. So pretty much for the Wizards, I really enjoy Russell Westbrook on the Wizards. But for the Rockets, I think it was a bit of a risk taking John Wall. You know, he's very injury prone. I, I think they're definitely going to get rid of James Harden. But John Wall and James Harden, I don't think they can play together as well because both players need the ball in their hands and pretty much John Wall, you know, you know, wants to be one of those scoring point guards when he's, you know, he should be more of a playmaker. I just mentioned how he was taking most of the shots in Washington statistically when he and Bradley Bill play together. So I just don't think him and James Harden will work. Who knows if he even starts the season? Who said, you know, who knows if he's healthy to start the season? So I think the Washington Wizards definitely won this trade. And I definitely think that the Houston Rockets are getting ready to start a rebuild. So I'm I'm pretty sure that they're going to get rid of James Harden. If not by the end of, by the end of the season, they'll definitely get rid of James Harden. Uh, he's pretty much out the door. And they'll get rid of John Wall as well and start the, start the rebuild and get ready to start drafting new players and rebuild this franchise. Because obviously the James Harden era hasn't worked. And for the Washington Wizards, I think it's a a little bit of a retooling and it's uh, an improvement from the team that they had last season. Hopefully they can win some more games under Russell Westbrook. Yeah, definitely. You know, you said and you both said that they're going to move on from James Harden. I think they said they'll definitely start the year with both guys, but uh, it's going to be interesting. Like if they start off slow and it really depends on other teams, if they start off slow, because they were going to trade James Harden for you know, a bunch of first-round picks and maybe, like, a prospect. They would have done it already. But I think they're holding out for that star, you know, potential, you know, superstar player. You know, we talked about, you know, potentially, you know, him going to the Sixers for, you know, Ben Simmons. And, you know, if the Sixers start off bad or Ben Simmons gets injured again, maybe they move on from him, bring James Harden in. That could be another trade. Or, honestly, it could wait till next summer. Or next after next August when the season finishes, you know, depending on you know how teams finish, teams might want to shape you know change up their team and they might want to bring in a James Harden in. But uh, yeah, I remember hearing you know a few weeks ago that I think it was the Wizards GM said you know John Wall's in our future plans, and uh, it was very typical of GM in this league to say something like that. And then obviously player gets shipped out, but I heard this was actually the owner's call. Uh, Ted Leonis, he wanted Westbrook in there instead of John Wall, which, you know, Westbrook is a bigger player. He won an MVP. You know, he averaged, I think, between December and, you know, February with the Rockets, he was averaging 32 points a game, 54% shooting. You know, so he was having a really good year other than the playoffs, pretty much. But, yeah, and, you know, their owner, he's the owner of the Capitals, the Washington Capitals, and, you know, the Washington Nationals as well. And they both won titles, you know, as a recent for making big moves and bringing guys. So it makes sense why, you know, he made the decision to move on from John Wall. Obviously, I don't think, you know, they were, I, I think they were going to make the playoffs for sure, you know, with Bradley Beal and John Wall, but definitely not contend. You know, they've tried that so many times, and so many other teams are changing up their teams and getting better, you know, adding superstars. But, you know, trying with the Westbrook definitely brings in, you know, more pedigree, you know, to their organization. Obviously, there was a rumor that Westbrook was pissed that, you know, he's been labeled a bad teammate in the past. So he kind of wants to change that, even though, you know, throughout the year, he could see them battling and, you know, they keep saying it's going to work. But, you know, now Westbrook's out of there. So we'll see what happens. But let's move on to, so I see the Lakers. So LeBron 
Uh, yesterday, he signed a two-year, $85 million extension that extends him through 2020-2023, which is his 20th season. He'll be 38. And I believe, I think they project that he'll pass Kareem's points uh, record by that year if he stays on this pace. Uh, so it makes sense why, because I believe he had a player option next year after this coming year. And then, you know, we were wondering about Anthony Davis, you know, whether he was waiting for Giannis to sign that, you know, max extension or, you know, he was going to hold out. And then Anthony Davis wouldn't be signed a one and one or a two and one, you know, at shorter um, money per year to save room for Giannis. But this morning, you know, Anthony Davis, he signed the max of five year 190. So that's interesting. I'm I'm wondering now what their cap situation is going to be like in a few years or next year. Uh, if Giannis wants to come there. Yeah, because LeBron doesn't have an opt out yet next year. And I believe Anthony Davis's opt out is not till the year after LeBron retired or his contract finishes, I should say. But uh, yeah, obviously, we talked about the Lakers already got a lot better uh, this year. But uh, what are your thoughts on Anthony Davis finally signing the max with L.A., committing to pretty much four years, and obviously LeBron signing the two-year, bringing him to his 20th year with the Lakers? Yeah, with the Anthony Davis situation, it's pretty much him, you know, ready to stay stay with this team and compete for more championships with LeBron James. Anthony Davis averaged 26 points, nine rebounds, around three assists, obviously, you know, you know, probably the the second best player on that Lakers team, the best player at the big man position on that Lakers team, just, you know, fresh off of a championship. And he obviously wants to see if he can win a couple more under LeBron James. So I think it's the perfect scenario for them. Their team definitely improved. They got Montrezl Harrell, who's going to, you know, grab rebounds for them. Maybe his defense will be, you know, much better going against certain centers in the league like Jokic, for example. Uh, they signed Marcus Saul. Um, so yeah, and for LeBron James, I think it was a good contract that he signed as well. So it's, I'm just happy to see the whole team back together. I, I kind of figured that being that Anthony Davis didn't sign yet, that they would try to go for at least one more star like Giannis, for example. But obviously, um, Anthony Davis signed the max. Uh, so I guess they'll. I guess we'll just have to wait to see how their you know salary cap situation goes because they might not have enough to sign Giannis. But yeah, I'm excited to see this team compete in the West again and potentially win another championship. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely stoked. You know, obviously, Davis was still going to be on the team this year, no matter what, no matter if he signed the extension or not, or LeBron, you know, signing his extension. But it's nice to see that they're both committing to two, three more years together with each other uh, to try to bring, you know, go for a three-peat or even a four-peat, uh, which, is, which is good that Anthony Davis, you know, made that commitment because uh, even at the end of the year, like, they're asking him, and he was, like, not sure. He just wouldn't answer it, which, you know, it's smart. You want to keep your leverage. But obviously, he was going to sign the max either way. Like, he's not getting any more money than the max. But uh, happy for the Lakers. Definitely think they're going to repeat next year. But uh, we'll definitely talk NBA closer to, you know, Christmas when the uh, beginning of the season starts. And actually, I believe preseason starts in a week and a half. Uh, so exciting time. So in other news, so another signing, obviously not a big signing, but a big headline. So LiAngelo Ball finally signed to a team, (laughs) to the Detroit Pistons. So they signed him to a non-guaranteed deal. Uh, So obviously, I'm not sure if he's going to be going to training camp or if he's going to have a chance to play during preseason, but 
typically this would involve him playing for their G League team. But now, you know, with we talked, you know, last week with Lamelo being drafted to the Hornets and obviously Lonzo's on the Pelicans. Now all three sons are pretty much in the NBA. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't think, you know, Leangelo was going to sign with anyone. Obviously the Detroit Pistons, I'm not really sure if this was for headlines or, you know, maybe they see something in him. But because obviously he tried out for the Lakers, you know, in his in his draft year, and he tried out for the Warriors, I believe, and you know he played, you know, overseas, and you know he I saw some highlights. He didn't look anything special, you know. I think he's the same height or smaller than Lonzo, but he's you know a bit thicker. He's more of a small forward, you know, position. What are your thoughts on all three ball brothers being in the NBA now, and Leandro getting a chance with the Pistons? Yeah, LeVar obviously manifested all his sons getting in the league. Shout out to LeVar Ball. I think he's an, he's an amazing father. As far as Leangelo Ball, um, I hope the Pistons give him a chance to see what he can do. I know he doesn't look like anything special, but maybe he can be a 3 and D, I hope. Uh, I just want to see him do well in the league, you know, uh, as far as that situation. But having all three of them in the league is amazing. You know, we don't really see that much. I know we have the Holiday brothers, all three of the Holiday brothers in the league. And we had the we had Giannis and his brothers in the league, but they never really, you know, been in the league at the same time like the Holiday brothers. So... Um, it's exciting to see all the uh, ball brothers in the league. Hopefully, the Detroit Piston, Pistons give him a chance to to see what he could do. Maybe he could be something special. Um, I'm banking on him. I'm, I'm wishing him the best. Much luck to Leangelo Ball, and uh, you know, shout out to the whole Ball family for just being, you know, such hardworking people, and Lavar as well for getting all his sons for manifesting and putting in so much hard work into his sons. He's you know, he's a great father figure. Yeah, no, definitely. And like, say what you want about all his antics and, you know, everything he said over the years, the crazy things that he says on like first take or whatever. But yeah, like you said, he's definitely manifested, you know, not I wouldn't say, you know, Lonzo and Lamelo, pretty talented, you know, individuals. When Lonzo was in this first year in the league, everyone was saying he's a scrub, you know, with, I think he shot 30, 30% from three in his first year, but he's improved to like 38% now in his third year. So he's getting better. He's not a scrub anymore. And, you know, obviously Lamelo. You know, he's a three-point shooter, and yeah, people have made fun of, you know, LeVar for bringing his sons to, you know, the Ukraine to play basketball, or sending, you know, or taking Leangelo out of UCLA after, you know, he got arrested, and sending LaMelo to Australia, and he's been criticized for all these things, but now they're all in the, the NBA, they all get their chance to chase their dreams, and, you know, I, Leangelo doesn't sign this deal if the Ball Brothers aren't, you know... Because, you know, they're not they're not stars yet. They're not, no, you know, all-stars in this league, you know, talent-wise. But they're big because their dad has been their talking piece pretty much this entire, you know, time. They've been, you know, from high schools when they're at Chino Hills all the way till now. And, you know, shout-out to LeVar Ball for that. But, yeah, so now we're going to move on. So, obviously, they announced the Christmas Day uh, games. Uh, the first game of the season. So the morning game, I believe 9 a.m. Pacific time, 12 uh, p.m. Eastern, the Pelicans versus the Heat. So obviously Stan Van Gundy back as a coach for the Pelicans. You know, Zion, second year. You know, we'll see if he can't get injured. Brandon Ingram, you know, we talked about Lonzo Ball. You know, they got a good young team. Obviously, they trade away Drew Holiday, but they have, you know, Bledsoe and George Hill, you know, from that trade. You know, that, that should look good. And then, obviously, the Heat, you know, defending Eastern Conference champions. You know, we'll see how they look this year. 
And then the Warriors versus the Bucks. So obviously no Clay, but James Wiseman's first game ever. You know, Steph Curry is back. You know, they got Andrew Wiggins, Draymond. So they're all together, you know, except for Clay. But we'll see, you know, how they do the first game. Bucks, you know, Drew Holiday and Giannis. We'll see how that uh, new lineup looks. And then the third game, this is an exciting game. It's from the Nets against the Celtics. Kyrie playing the Celtics again. Uh, I believe KD is probably going to play, you know, most likely. I'm not totally sure. Uh, I haven't heard if he's not going to play. But, uh, yeah, the New York Nets, you know, obviously that signing was last summer. So this is kind of a year in the making. A year and a half or a year and three months in the making pretty much for this game. And then, so the primetime game, so we have the Lakers, LeBron in the primetime slot, I believe for the 15th year in a row, or maybe 17th, I think his rookie year, yeah, too, as well. Uh, and they're they're versing the Mavs. But uh, Porzingis isn't playing. Obviously, we talked about last episode, he's going to be injured. So it's just going to be Luka. So it's pretty much Luka versus the Lakers, versus AD and LeBron here. And I think this is... You know, very interesting. Obviously, they could have gone with the Lakers and the Clippers again, just like last year. That was a crazy game. But now, you know, Luca had a great year, and I think he, I think he's, he's my pick for MVP next year for sure. Like he was top three in MVP voting this year in his second year, and you know, I definitely think I don't think they can give it to Giannis a third year, and I think it would be either Luca or LeBron, unless you know maybe KD comes out and drops like 35 off the Achilles injury. You know, that would be. Another example, but, and then obviously LeBron, he was doing an interview and he talked about how, you know, before Luca signed to Jordan, he wanted to sign Luca to Nike and have like a team LeBron. You know, game recognizes game. Luca is probably the closest thing we've seen to LeBron, you know, ever. And, uh, you know, he's doing this. He's going to his third year. I'm super excited for this Mavs team. We talked about Josh Richardson coming in. You know, I think they brought in James Johnson. You know, they you know they had Seth Curry. They got rid of him, but he was a horrible defender. So they brought you know better defenders in there. So super stoked for this game, and obviously the Lakers. You know, trying to be uh, defending champs. And then the final game. So the yeah, the seven o'clock game or nine o'clock game. Uh, the Clippers versus the Nuggets. So obviously rematch of the second round of the playoffs. Clippers blowing that three-one lead to the Nuggets. I think the Clippers are definitely going to come out firing and, you know, looking for revenge, definitely, if you want to quote Drake. Yeah, this will be an interesting game. Obviously, they have Serge Ibaka in there. The Nuggets lost Jeremy Grant. Yeah, the Nuggets are going to have all the confidence in the world because they know they can beat this team. And they know they went to six games with, you know, the Lakers, or five games, I should say. It was a pretty close series, you know, most of those games. So they feel like they can really improve on from next year. But uh, what are your thoughts on the Christmas the five Christmas games that have been announced and any highlights. First, I'll, I just want to say I like the I like these Christmas games that they have here because you know for the past couple of years the Christmas games, other than the you know top games, there's been like you know games that people don't really care for. Like I, I remember you know the Knicks playing the Celtics and you know the Knicks aren't weren't a really good team at the time. They still aren't now, but you know. So I just want to say I like the schedule where all the teams playing. They got the, some of the top tier teams playing. The Nets game is definitely a highlight for me. I, I hope KD is playing. I miss seeing KD in the league. So I'm excited to see him back from injury and see him just get buckets because I already know he is. Also the Nuggets and the Clippers. I want to see if the Clippers are actually you know make up for what they couldn't in the playoffs um this previous year. Um, I already know the Nuggets are gonna get, gonna give them a run for their money. Uh, Jokic is probably gonna you know just 
just be unguardable. I want to see. Actually, I'm actually looking forward to seeing Sergi Baca guard Jokic to see if he can do a better job than Montrezl Harrell. Um, that'll be interesting. And uh, yeah, the the Mavericks and the Lakers. I'm seeing if Luca can you know just hold his own with him and Josh Richardson and the players he got being at Porzingis isn't playing. I didn't know that Porzingis was wasn't going to be playing, but he's not. So you know he's been he's been injured for for a minute, but. Pretty much excited to see Luca just dominate because Luca is a very special player in his league and he is definitely the closest to LeBron. Um, and after that, I'll probably say Ben Simmons, but I'll, I'll take Luca over Ben Simmons because Luca is a much better player and he is, you know, he he he's more like LeBron than Ben Simmons is. But you know, Ben Simmons is definitely right under that. So yeah, all in all, this is a dope Christmas schedule and Christmas is going to be a lovely lovely day to watch the NBA. Yeah, I'm super stoked for the schedule, especially it's the, you know, the first game of the year. And, you know, after, you know, finals, you know, ending, you know, less than a few months ago. So it's super quick turnaround, you know, super pumped for that and all the games that are going on. But this concludes episode 10, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we appreciate all you guys sticking with us for 10 episodes. And thanks to all of you who joined us on this episode as well. Go stream. Uh, Enchanted by Basics of Refusal. That's Issues Record with Anna Lunda and their group with Random Newspaper. So go stream that. Go stream Issue High's music. Uh, but any last thoughts, Issue? Uh, shout out to everyone who streams my music and streams the podcast with me and Stikes. Uh, album coming soon, 2021. Also, thank you. I just wanted to say thank you for everything and big things coming in 2021. Hey guys, Thanks, Savant here. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Give us a follow on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, as well as Google Podcasts, if you like what you hear. And also remember to follow us on social media. So you can follow me on Instagram at Stike Savant or at Noah Stikes, as well on Twitter at Stike Savant. And you can follow me, Issue, at on Instagram. Um, it's Issue underscore high on Twitter as well. And for my uh, podcast page, you can follow Issue Political Podcast on Instagram. And for Twitter, you can follow me at Issue Political Pod. Thanks, guys.